Hello, and welcome to Cannabis for the Rest of Us. You have questions, I have questions, and we are exploring this community together. I'm your host, Philip Rebentish, Chief Storyteller of Got a Story Media. This episode is possible thanks to our sponsor, Three Wells, a company that is demystifying the new world of cannabis for grown-ups. Find them online at threewells.co. Be well, live well, do well. My guest today is Tracy Ryan, the Chief Executive Officer of CannaKids and Saving Sophie. When Tracy's daughter Sophie was an infant, she developed a reoccurring brain tumor. Western medicine provided limited benefits, so Tracy and her husband Josh set out to see how cannabis oil could help Sophie in addition to chemotherapy. The results have been nothing short of miraculous, and Tracy's new mission in life is to help other kids and their parents. Tracy's company, CannaKids, develops and supplies medical cannabis oil tinctures and cannabis products to patients of all ages. Tracy's other endeavor, Saving Sophie, provides online educational resources to families who have been stricken by cancer, autism, or epilepsy. Saving Sophie raises funds for groundbreaking cancer research and supports scientists working towards bringing less toxic therapies to market. I spoke with Tracy in her office. First of all, thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. And I want to let you know that uh, you're you were such an inspiration for me to get into the cannabis business after I heard your story about, about Sophie. And so for the, my audience that doesn't know about your story, I know you've told it a thousand times, <laughs> but you, can you please share your, your the story of your daughter with me? Of course. And thank you for saying that. It's very sweet. So my daughter Sophie was born with a brain tumor. She was diagnosed at eight and a half months old. We originally noticed that her left eye was shaking, which triggered us to take her to the doctor and really look into what was going on. And it was, you know, through a chain of events, uh, different doctor's appointments in one week's time that she ended up in an MRI on Friday. And by that weekend, we were told, your daughter's going to need chemo. Now, the crazy thing about Sophie's tumor is it's so rare. Her um, pediatrician at the time had to Google it because he didn't even know what the disease was. It's called an optic pathway glioma. And it's a grade one glioma, which is the lowest grade you can get. So luckily it's a 90% survival rate, but it's an 85% recurrence rate. So these kids can be in chemotherapy for years, as is my daughter who's now five. Like a, a cycle that never ends or it's, will it end at some point? Or It will end at some point, definitely. So, you know, normally by now these tumors have just calmed down and, you know, kind of stopped growing. Mm -hmm. But it's different with every child. And the younger you're diagnosed, the higher likelihood there is of your tumor being a bit more aggressive because you're getting so many hormones being fed to it that it just, it picks up steam and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So, <clears throat> you know, the goal is to keep it stable keep the patient from going blind, keep them from getting uh, onset puberty or hydrocephalus, which is built up fluid in the brain, amongst other chemo side effects. And with Sophie, we were originally told she had a 100% chance of going blind. The best case scenario would be she would have minimal motion vision in her right eye, but for us to prepare for full blindness. And when we found cannabis, um, we first found it through um, mutual friends that we had on Facebook, these guys from overseas. And they said, you should really look into cannabis oil. This is something that we're seeing over here be used for cancer. And we thought it was the most ridiculous thing we ever heard. We thought they were so high out of their minds. <laughs> they must have been crazy to recommend us giving weed to a child. Right. But then within probably about a week of that, only about two weeks into Sophie's diagnosis, um, 
there was a there was a posting that I did through Sophie's Facebook page that I created called Prayers for Sophie, mm-hmm. where a mom from one of my mommy groups saw it and shared it, and one of the women from Ricky Lake and Abby Epstein's first documentary, The Business of Being Born, saw it and reached out to my friend Vanessa and was like, you should really let this mom know about this movie because I think there's really something to use in cannabis for children with cancer. So when they were brought to me, I was like, okay, here we go. Maybe there is really something to this because I actually tried for a natural birth Mm -hmm. for Sophie because of that film and met the director, Abby Epstein, when I was six months pregnant with Sophie after I I stalked her after a panel about the film (laughs) at Pregnancy Awareness Month in an event that I had volunteered for. Well, that's quite a circle. I know. I was all, all these like serendipitous things that occurred. So at nine months old, Sophie took her first dose of cannabis oil on camera. And the documentary is now called Weed the People. We just hit theaters. We premiered this past Wednesday. We're going to be in 28 to 30 states across the nation. We're working on getting screenings in Canada, London, Australia, uh, as, as many countries as I can get us into through relationships and investors and partners that I have all over the world. We're working on doing some global screenings. And then we're also going to be streaming um, next year. So there's a, I'm not going to say who's right, streaming right, yet, right. but there's going to be a couple Spoiler platforms. Alert that are going to be streaming us, so the world will have access to this movie. And we're very proud of it. Uh, It's got 100% critic reviews right now on Rotten Tomatoes, which is amazing. I would say that's a pretty good score. That's a pretty good start. (laughs) And you really just can't watch these families. There's five families. They follow us the longest for five and a half years. And you can't watch these kids use this medicine and what happens to them by using the medicine and not believe that this plant has truly magical therapeutic powers so let's talk about that uh how did you actually get is it a is it a thc cbd oil or is it cbd only it's not like you could just run out to walgreens or cvs and get this so tell me a little bit more about how you actually obtained it well originally ricky lake gave us like seven to eight thousand dollars worth of free medicine that she had for another little girl that had come onto her talk show that had oddly enough the same kind of brain cancer as my daughter. Wait, even though it's incredibly rare? It's I mean, so rare. What are the odds of that? Uh, I mean, one in, in a million. Infinitesimal, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's insane. I've only ever met one other kid in person that has the same kind of tumor. And it only equates for 5% of all pediatric brain tumors. Again, the serendipity of it all, these, wow. these crazy connections. But what happened with that little girl is the mom moved her to an illegal state and they lost the child as far as being able to cover <gasps> her taking the medicine. No. Hence the reason... Ricky had all this medicine. So she uses an oil. Um, it's a concentrate. She doesn't smoke joints. Right. <laughs> She's a baby. She was a baby <laughs> right. when she started. That's not how we use it medically. Right, right. Um, and she, you know, what we ended up seeing with her was nothing short of miraculous. Again, this tumor wasn't supposed to really shrink. She was supposed to go blind. But her first year on cannabis and chemotherapy, it shrank by almost 90%. And what was even more incredible, um, well, I don't know if it was more incredible, but equally as incredible, was Sophie had suffered from nine blood transfusions that first nine months on chemotherapy. Four months before she got off chemo, she stopped needing blood transfusions and her bone marrow repaired itself, which is medically impossible. And we didn't even know this until the doctors came and said, by the way, we're going to give this credit to cannabis. This is medically impossible. Unless you're doing something else, we can't explain this from a Western medicine standpoint. That's incredible. Well, and that's only two of probably over 50 medical miracles we've seen in this child. And it's they're not miracles. It's science. And that's why we're doing so much research right now, which we'll talk about probably more here exactly. in a few minutes. But first, I've got a question. So how did the medical professionals that you were dealing with that were taking care of Sophie, how did they react to you initially saying, okay, I'm going to use this cannabis oil? You what know, was their reaction? 
crazy enough, it being five years ago, mm-hmm. they were okay with it. And I think that me name dropping Ricky Lake probably helped. <laughs> they also knew my husband and I to be very loving parents. I mean, that first day when we were in the chemo offices with the doctors, I just, I cried for four straight hours. I couldn't stop crying. And they could tell how much I loved my baby. And right. You know, of course. We're well-dressed and we're educated and we had our own businesses and we came in with research and we were, we were ready and prepared to present this to them and say, listen, this is something we'd like to try. And they said, look, you know, you guys seem like very well-meaning people. You seem like you've done your research. You've got, you know, this film behind you and, and we feel confident that if you have guidance in doing this, we're okay with it. And then the next thing you know, I'm coming back to other doctor's appointments and they're walking in with all these research papers going, Miss Ryan, Miss Ryan, look what's happening to gliomas in animal models. And I was like, yeah, that's why we're doing the oil because there's science that actually says this can kill cancer. And they were super supportive and they told me straight up, which you can see in the film, that if we were able to shrink Sophie's tumor by over 50%, that they they wouldn't feel comfortable taking credit for the chemo doing that it's not impossible for the chemo to do it but it's very rare and with sophie's type of tumor she doesn't have the genetic mutation that can make these more easily shrinkable so so another complicating factor well it is and it isn't it's kind of a catch-22 uh it's called neurofibromatosis one or nf1 so nf1 uh, it's normally what causes causes these tumors, but Sophie doesn't have a genetic mutation that causes this. I even flew over to Israel and took her brain tumor sample, and they, you know, che- checked her her tumor tissue to see why she got this cancer. They even swabbed me to see if there was something I passed oh, on. Okay. I didn't pass on anything. She wasn't exposed to anything. She was just really unlucky. There's no explanation for it. But traditionally, NF1 is what causes it, and with NF1, these tumors can actually go away on their own. And they can sometimes even respond more easily to treatment. The catch-22 part to that is that these also can metastasize more easily and show up in different parts of the body. Okay. So it... It can be trickier. Um, it can. It's. It's no. No way you slice it as a win-win. Right. With of either course way. Not. Right. I mean, look at us. We're still five years in, but you know, our kid has vision, and she runs and plays and goes up and down ladders and slides and stairs and goes to a normal school and has a normal life and is extremely healthy. But we still have to give her chemo every month. So, right. you know, it's just it's it's a roller coaster. But because of all this and because of all the miracles that we saw in Sophie in the beginning, that's when we decided we had this big media agency. We built really large websites and did social media management and Mm -hmm. marketing for like IBM and Samsung, Paramount Studios. And we're like, okay, this isn't, we don't really even care about this anymore. This plant has this incredible healing power and we now have education on it because we've been doing this with Sophie for a year. Mm-hmm. We've started to meet people. We have doctors we can work with. We have scientists we can work with. We've met growers we can work with. And I decided I wanted to get into the business and start Canna Kids. So originally, um, you'll see in the film that we created a grow. <clears throat> and that grow was originally for Aunt Zelda's, um, who's also in the movie, Mara Gordon. And two weeks before the harvest was done... They then communicated with us that they weren't able to take our crop anymore because of financial situations. They bought a home and, you know, they were investing in their own business. So 
I kind of got stuck with 165 pounds of flour, and I didn't want to sell it on the black market and risk going to prison. No, of course not. I didn't want to let it die. It was a $115,000 investment of financing that I brought in. And I decided I was going to go ahead and start my tincture line, which I had been talking about for a year and had already had a can of Kids Collective. I'd already started getting patients in um, in case something went sideways with the grow and was prepared. I had a backup plan. So that's how Can of Kids started. And it's now, you know, we're, we're in over 75 dispensaries in Southern California, but that's going to quadruple in the next six months because we just got funded. Which Excellent. Is very Congratulations. Exciting. Thank yes, you. Yes. Thank you. We should be getting our first wire today or tomorrow, which Woo-hoo. is awesome. Um, we are now licensed in Australia, and we hope to be hitting the shelves there in the next, you know, eight to ten months, if not sooner. We're licensed in Hawaii, and we are trying to get, we're trying to win licenses right now in Hawaii. And I mean, I'm sorry, um, West Hollywood and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we're also working on getting into the Canadian market and the European market with some strategic partners. And then from there, okay. Portugal will probably be like a, you know, part of that, um, part of that target. Right, right, right. right. Expanding <laughs> to the yeah, EU. But my, my new business partner is uh, from Canada. And so they're wanting to move into Portugal. So they want to bring us to Canada and then also Portugal as part of that. So okay. we, we do have some incredible expansion plans in place. And we've worked with so many patients now. We've got incredible data. I've raised money the last two years to fund the research that's going on at the Technion Institute in Haifa, Israel, with Dr. Dedi Miri, who's one of the leading research scientists in the world. We're funding the adult and pediatric cancer research. And then we also now have Sophie's brain tumor tissue growing in mice that pump human blood at one of the top universities here in Southern California. And the scientist that studied Sophie studied her blood and studied her tissue, found something in her that was unexplainable as far as the medical journals are concerned. And we're looking at Sophie's NK cell function in her immune system. And we now know why Sophie is a miraculous healer. And we intend on exploring that further and expanding that research. We've now since enrolled eight more patients, two of which should have succumbed to their diseases um, Four years and almost three years ago, AJ is one of the young men in the movie that you'll see. He okay, had right. osteosarcoma. He had 90 days to live, no chance of survival, 22 tumors in his bones and lungs. Oh, my God. He was on Oxycontin and Norco at 16 years old just to get out of bed. And they told his parents to get his affairs in order and start planning his funeral. <sighs> and he came to us. Within three days, we had him off of all of his opioids. And within 90 days, he was cancer-free. Now... He originally recurred, his cancer originally recurred six times in three years on chemo and radiation. They could not keep this young man cancer-free. He's now 20. He stayed on on cannabis every day. We donate his medicine to his family every month to help them because it's expensive. And Mm -hmm. they've been through it. They've been beaten up. So we give them free medicine. Um, Now it's a little tricky with the law. So we give them checks so they can buy free medicine. Right, because technically you can't. (laughs) Because it's tax evasion, because nobody thought about the patients in California when they wrote our laws. Yeah, what a concept. Um, But AJ has now been for almost four years cancer free using cannabis alone. We're finding the exact same thing in his blood as we found in my daughter's, as are we in this little girl named Morgan who has a brainstem tumor who should have succumbed to her disease almost three years ago a tumor which was shrank twice, and these don't shrink. Last time we shrank it by 77%. And she is alive and living and going to school every day and playing with her brothers. She's still on a clinical trial to keep her tumor stable Mm -hmm. because this is, again, a terminal tumor. But so far, so good. And we're finding the same thing in her blood as we're finding 
in AJ's and in Sophie's. So now we're partnering with Tilray out of Canada. And they're going to, Catherine Jacobson, who's their chief scientific officer, is going to help us work towards getting a DEA license for our lab here. And they're also going to formulate Canakids medicines under a federal landscape so that we can then import clean starting material in for animal models and then human trials. And we hope to have all of that in place in the next 8 to 12 months. That's incredible. So will you be working with the DEA? Yes. For that, to yes. get We'll licensed? get a Schedule One DEA license is what okay. we're going to be working towards. Now, that won't be on Canna Kids. That will be at our university. Right. And oh, then, so it, the university gets the DEA the clearance university, and then you're working with the university. Exactly. She okay. and I are, my scientists and I are in, in a partnership together. And I would tell you who they are, but the university is so scared sure, of talking about. they have other federal funding that they don't want to jeopardize, absolutely, correct? Absolutely. But we're studying the blood of patients who consume cannabis, not cannabis itself. So we're not breaking any federal laws, but there's still right. the word cannabis. So yes, they get nervous have, about it. Of course they do. Once and they publish, want to be cautious. Exactly. And listen, if they yeah. tell me not to do something, I'm not going to do it. Exactly. Out of respect. So, but once we publish, that will become public knowledge. And we hope to be working towards that very quickly. We're raising philanthropic dollars consistently. We just had a big event called the Saving Sophie Experience, A Journey to Find the Cure. Uh, beginning of October at the Roosevelt Pool Deck, we raised $151,000. Congratulations. It, we did now that doesn't we don't get to keep it all. Um, but we did we did profit in for a first time charity event in Los Angeles. That's, That's basically huge. impossible. Yeah, so for sure. we made some money there. Uh, we're gonna be starting an online auction with Norman Reedus, who's the lead star in The Walking Dead. We have all kinds of signed memorabilia here in the office right now. We're building uh, a microsite that you can donate to philanthropically and get a tax deductible donation. And for every five dollars you donate you get a chance to win one of these raffle items. It's a randomized drawing. So we hope to stop start that by the end of the week. And we're working towards bringing other celebrities in to help us continue to raise money and then also philanthropic donors so that we can continue to fund this research and work towards finding better treatments for cancer that are non-toxic for both adults and pediatrics. See, it's fascinating that you have feet in different worlds here. You mm-hmm. have feet in the research world and you have free feet in the celebrity and fundraising world. Yep. But... I'm curious about the research side of it. Did you seek out researchers? I mean, you mentioned earlier that uh, five years ago you started doing your research. So I'm curious about the type of research you were finding back then. But then how did these world-class researchers come into your orbit? So five years ago I was reading research. I wasn't actually involved in it. I have been officially involved in research for two years. So there's two different ways that it happened, both of which were me trying to find help for my daughter. Originally, I flew Sophie's brain tumor tissue sample from when she had her first brain surgery when she was little Mm -hmm. to just get a sample. They originally wanted to get a sample of the tumor and make sure it wasn't a more aggressive tumor. They weren't able to debulk it or take any amount of tissue out. They took a tiny baby sample. So I flew that over to Israel to Professor Miri. He's Mm -hmm. in our film, so Ricky and Abby introduced me to him. Okay, all right. I had already previously given him all of my patient data that we track here at Kids for free. Just because I wanted to move the research faster, I was like, whatever you want, you tell me it's yours. Well, sure, that makes a lot of sense. It's going to help that researcher. I wasn't, I didn't care about making money. It's not proprietary, yeah. Well, yeah, it is proprietary. But but for that purpose. It's actually worth a lot of money. Okay, all right. And I handed it over and was like, I don't need 50 cents for it. Just get the research done as fast as you can. So I flew the tissue over there, and Daddy and I just had this incredible bond right right off the bat, and we really just liked each other, and... I just took a different approach. I asked him, I was like, you know, what can I do to help you move this along faster? And he was like, I just need to raise, you know, X amount of dollars. And 
I was like, great. If you give me the opportunity, I'd love to do that. And he was like, well, I'd love for you to be my partner. He said, I, I want you to know I've turned down, you know, like I think it was Oxford University and some big New York hedge fund guys because all they want to know is, well, what kind of IP am I going to get and how much is it going to be worth? Sure. That's a business relationship. It's a business relationship. I mean, I understand that, but yeah. still, that's a different type of situation. Asked. I never asked, what am I going to get from you? I never cared what I was going to get from him. I've raised now $1.3 million for his research, and I have not kept 50 cents of it. I wanted every penny to go to the research. So that's how I got involved with that. <clears throat> now, with so with uh, my research scientist that's here local at the local university, when so there's an area of disease in Sophie's temporal lobe that um, has been a bit problematic over the last year, and it hasn't been as responsive to treatment. So they wanted to go in there and first debulk it. They wanted us to figure out if there any. What does that mean? That means just take a chunk out. Okay. Yep. Take a All chunk right. out of it to make it smaller. Like a biopsy, for lack of a. It's well, a biopsy is just when you take a little sample. For a sample. Yeah. Right. So this was a full-blown brain surgery where they went in there and just scooped out like a golf ball-sized chunk. Oh my god. Out of the center of this tumor, and they cut it from the top of her head to the bottom of her ear. And I wish that we could show pictures on air right. because to see what my well, kid we can link. Like, we can link. We'll, we'll put things in the show notes, whatever we then, want to link to. Then we um, should show the photo. We'll do that. So when Sophie got out of brain tumor surgery, normally you have, well, always, you have very black and blue eyes. Yeah. And they're was, swollen and you're right. swelling around the surgery site. Not one single bruise on her entire face. Not one sign of swelling anywhere that you could visibly see. If you touched the surgery site, you could feel there was like a little bit of swelling around, but you couldn't visibly see it. She was told she she was released from the hospital in less than 48 hours. What? And told she could go back to school in one to two days, which is... Are you kidding I me? I swear to God. It was... It's a three to I mean, five... I know you're not, but... <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's a three to five day hospital stay and one to two weeks before the child can return to work. And they looked at her and they looked at me and they said, Miss Ryan, she doesn't look like she's had surgery. And I said, I know. Have you ever seen this before? And he was like, if we have ever seen this in the history of this hospital, it would be so incredibly rare. They looked at her as if she was a unicorn. But to the research, I knew that I was going to have a fresh sample of tissue. And I knew it only stays alive for a very short period of time. Right. There's a window. There's right. a very short window right. in which that stays alive. So I was looking for anybody in the United States who could do what's called PDX, which is patient-derived xenograph, which is I had to teach myself completely about because I knew nothing about it. I just knew that I need to get her brain tumor tissue in animal models so we could grow it out and do research on it because no one's doing research on my kid. 3.8% of all government funding goes to pediatric cancer research. There have been only two drugs in over 30 years released for pediatric cancers. And even though it's the number one disease killer of children in America, they consider it a rare disease. And so they don't do research. There's a lot of other bureaucracy and they don't make enough money and, you know, big pharma, BS and blah, blah, right, blah. Right, right, right. So I intend on changing that. Technion wasn't even doing pediatric research until they met me. And so now I've pushed that envelope for them to study children as well. Now, where are they? Are they in Israel? Or They're are they in here? Haifa, Israel. Okay, yeah. all right. Now, are they associated with the researcher that you are working They're with? They're not. Okay. They're completely separate. I ended up getting dropped in this woman's lap again by... This weird chain of events. My daughter's water bottle fell out of her backpack at school, which then caused my husband to have to run it to me. And as I was running to him to grab it for my daughter, I ran into my friend, Nurse Kara, who it was her first day back at school because she'd broken her foot. She hadn't been there in six weeks to drop off her son. And as I'm walking towards her, I just thought to myself, ask Kara about the mice. Maybe Kara knows somebody about the mice. And then I thought to myself, no, that's ridiculous. She's not going to know anybody who has mice. And it's not but exactly anyway. a common question like, hi, well, how are you this no. morning? No. <laughs> By the way, do you know anybody that does patient drive xenograph? Yes. I didn't even know if she knew. I mean, I knew she would know what it Let is. Let alone pronounce it. Yeah. 
<laughs> and she was like, of course I know. This Remember the scientist I was telling you about a few weeks ago? Call her and or text her and see if she can help. So I texted her immediately. Within 10 minutes, I heard back from her. And within 2 p.m., I was at the university in her lab. And she has now done so much research on my daughter for me. And because originally the goal was to grow the tumor tissue in the mice. Her mice pump human blood, by mm-hmm. the way, just super cool. Right, because they're bred for that purpose, yeah. right? Yeah, well, they're right. not bred for that purpose. They have to go through a treatment process. Oh. So they have to they have to go like, it's like a bone marrow transplant, essentially, that you know people go okay. through. They, um, if they have leukemia, when they have to take on a, a new blood donor's cell type because their blood is just toxic at this point from the cancer. Right, right. So they get radiated um, just like a human being would, and then they implant um, different cells under the kidney capsule, and then they do another injection th- through the tail vein of human platelets. And I, I don't know if I'm explaining the process perfectly, but that's pretty close. Right, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty good. close enough. <laughs> And then within uh, four to six weeks, they start pumping human blood, which makes their immune system almost identical to ours. So to test treatments in these humanized mice, it's as close to a human trial as you can possibly get and almost identical in nature. What she's finding in the animal models, she is replicating in humans in her human trials that she's doing on her NK cells research in China and in Beijing. And, And the results she's getting are crazy. This woman has figured out why we get cancer. And she's been published over 140 times in top medical journals around the world. She's the foremost leading research scientist on the planet for the study of NK cells and their role in cancer and both causing it and curing it. So when she, we were originally going to grow this tumor in mice and then take it to Daddy in Israel so he could do cannabinoid sensitivity mm-hmm. and help us find a strain or a combination of cannabinoids and terpenoids and flavonoids that would be more targeted towards surface disease. So that right combination for that specific need. But then my scientist made this discovery and she was like, we need to keep the mice here. (laughs) What I have found is massive. So that's how I, I, both times I was just trying to save my kid. And now we've got um, three more children enrolled. So there's Sophie, three other kids. Uh, There's now three other women, and another man. So we've got like nine patients in total and expanding. As we raise more money, we'll bring more patients in, and then hopefully in the next eight to ten months we'll have that DEA license. We'll need about three to four months in her humanized mice to reverse engineer what we're seeing in the humans, Mm -hmm. and then we'll go straight to human trials. And we'll work towards getting better therapeutic medicines all the way through to FDA and into the hands of doctors so that patients don't have to pay out of pocket for cannabis anymore. Right. That's the goal. And that's an incredible goal. Um, somebody's got to do it. Somebody, <laughs> <laughs> somebody's got to do it. I mean, I'm just amazed at how all these worlds came together for you. Um, and with with Canakids, so with with your the products that you're selling, are they all for this specific condition or are you developing other product lines? Or tell me a little bit about what Canon Kids is offering. Sure. So originally, of course, we had to focus on pediatric cancer and epilepsy. Those were our two bigs when we started about four and a half years ago. And what we discovered very quickly is that this plant works for, I don't want to say just about everything, but honestly, just about everything. I've never seen something be so healing for so many different issues and diseases in my entire life, all the way from, you know, just basic pain and anxiety and sleeplessness to fibromyalgia, multiple sclerosis, Alzheimer's, dementia, 
war vet PTSD, like the worst kind of PTSD you can imagine, traumatic brain injuries, the cancer, epilepsy, autism. What, I mean, what we're doing in autism would blow your mind. We're literally like the success rate that we have right now of getting rid of self-interest behavior and rage permanently is insane. We're going to publish that data hopefully here pretty soon. That's fascinating because I've not heard, not that I'm Mr. Expert, but I've not heard about it for autism. Oh, yeah. And there's actually a few trials going on right now. Um, UC San Diego, I believe it was, just got one of the largest private donations ever made to a university to study autism, but they're looking at CBD. And then my scientist in Israel did an 85-person trial with children Mm -hmm. using CBD because they can't give THC to kids there. We're using a non-psychoactive version of THC called THCA. So it's the plant in its raw form. Yeah, it's the plant in its raw form before you heat it. And decarboxylation takes place, which then converts it to THC, which then makes it psychoactive. And we have kids talking for the first time. They're sleeping through the night for the first time. Their intestinal issues are going away. They're showing love. They're making eye contact. They're letting people touch them. And then kids with ADD and ADHD, they're just excelling in school. Their tantrums have gone away. I mean, we literally have people that will come in here and cry and tell us that their entire home has been changed and they never thought they were going to be able to live a normal life and that they feel normal. They can go to the mall. They can go to the movie theater. They can take their kid to dinner and they don't have a complete meltdown everywhere they go. And it's, it's incredible to be able to help these families in such an amazing way. So our products work for just about anything that you can find that cannabis can work for. And we have a team of nurses that are highly trained. They all have to go through ACNA, which is American Cannabis Nurses Association accreditation. We also send them through Nurse Eloise Thyssen's training protocol, which is a great new program she has out. And then we train them here on cancer because there's not really any cancer training out there currently. And we're basing all of our um, all of our all of our training off of all of the anecdotal data that we've been tra- tracking in our patients all the years all these years. So we do a full medical intake just like when you go to the doctor. Um, we have tele- telemedicine, so you can do a call with a nurse that you can book right from the homepage of our website. Oh, how great. And they can take a call with them at any time of day that works for them. And then the nurse reviews that medical intake form before the call and then provides a customized dosing protocol and product recommendation so the patient knows exactly what to buy and exactly how to take it. I absolutely love that. And that's so important because that's that's part of if people don't understand, well, really they need high. that guidance, especially when yeah. you're talking about a medicine mm-hmm. for these specific purposes. It yes. has to be right. Well, not only that, but people don't know how to take THC responsibly when they're first getting started. Right. I mean, I remember back in the day when all there was was the sticky oil that you would get in the big 10-gram syringes. Mm-hmm. And the very first dose that you're supposed to take is the size of a period. Literally, the size of a period. Tiny. Now, imagine... How many people just, you know, put a glob on their finger and ate it down and were consuming over 100 milligrams and didn't realize it. And the next thing you know, they're in the corner calling their, you know, (laughs) calling the ambulance to take them to the ER because they think they're dying. Right. We Not a good reaction. Not a good reaction. And and you can lose patients that way to a medicine that could otherwise potentially really help them. So it really is our goal to not get patients high. Right. Unless they are an adult and they want a little bit of that psychoactivity because for people like me... A little bit of that psychoactivity is actually very helpful to me. Absolutely. I understand that. I'm a microdoser myself. Mm -hmm. I microdose every night, as is my husband. We do it in a responsible way so that if, you know, something happens, we can 
be fine to drive within, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes if we needed to take Sophie somewhere. And one right. of us is always sober. <laughs> yes, exactly. For lack of no, a better I mean, word. We're taking yeah, like yeah, yeah. 10 milligrams. I'm not yeah. talking, when I right. say sober, it's kind of for lack of a better word. No. But I mean, 10 milligrams, you don't get that high on, especially no, no, when no. you take it every day. But it's, um, you know, it's been very beneficial for my husband and I for not only our stress, our anxiety, our pain. I got off Ambien. I'm a horrible sleeper. Um, not to mention everything that we've had to go through. Well, exactly. How much sleep are you actually yeah. getting just because of the situation that you're in? Well, and it blocks my nightmares. If I have to go out of the country and I can't take my cannabis with me, I have nightmares the whole time. Wow. So, and that's, again, why it works so well with war vets. But it's just, you know, back to the original question, mm-hmm. we will help anybody who is hurting in any way, shape, or form. So we're recording this uh, interview a couple weeks before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. What are you thankful for? Oh, my God. I'm so thankful for so many things. Um, I'm thankful that this is my purpose, that God put me on this planet to be a voice for this plant and a voice for my daughter and an advocate for children at large because they don't have people speaking up. I mean, parents are trying to speak up. We're trying to demand more for these kids. We're trying to demand more research, but it's not getting us far enough, fast enough. Um, so I'm, I'm really thankful that I have a voice that I can use that people will listen to and that I have the means in California to access the kind of investors and celebrities and supporters that I can to get this message out faster. And I'm just thankful to God every single day for the life that my child has currently and how happy she is and how healthy she is despite what she has to go through. Nothing else matters if my kid is sick. Nothing else matters. None of it matters. I need her to be well, and I believe I'm going to get her there. I do believe, based on what we have discovered thus far, that we will be able to cure my daughter of incurable disease. It's not a deadly disease, but it's an incurable incurable disease. That tumor will be in her head the rest of her life. At some point, it'll stop growing, but she'll always have to deal with it. And my research scientists and I believe we will be able to get rid of it. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for all the love and the support that I have around me. And I'm thankful for all of the trailblazers that came before me. So if people want to help, mm-hmm. where can they find you online? So we're all over the place. Um, you can f- first go to our website. We have two. We have canakids.org, C-A-N-N-A-K-I-D-S.org. And that's for a product line. We've got a lot of our press and media on there, my speaking engagements, got a bunch of information about the film coming out highly recommend seeing the film it's so powerful and impactful um and it's we've got a lot of information about our products you can book nursing calls you do not have to use our products to work with our nurses our nurses are there to help everyone and anyone we do not care if you have found a medicine that works better for you than what ours does we don't care we just want you to get well so you can be anywhere in the world or anywhere in the state and you can use our nurses so they're there um, for anyone who needs help. And then savingsophie.org, which is just S-A-V-I-N-G-S-O-P-H-I-E.org, is our 501c3 nonprofit. That's our resource center that has eight different categories like cannabis studies, cancer definitions, um, non-carcinogenic products for the home, fundraising advice, and all these different categories of information that we used to save Sophie. It's also our tool to raise philanthropic dollars in order to expand our research. So you can make a philanthropic donation on there as well. And we're also building, as I mentioned, the other microsite. 
You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're most active on Facebook and Instagram. We're okay. at My Canna Kids on both and Saving Sophie on both. So that's and, how you can find us. And we'll put all of that in the show notes so people that are listening Great. can go and click on those links mm-hmm. and get easy access. So thank you so much for taking time. Like I said, it was really important for me to have a conversation with you because I wanted to explore this story. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for taking time. Thank you for giving me an outlet to get the story out there and hopefully you touch some more people. Thank you for listening to Cannabis for the Rest of Us. Please subscribe and help us grow. Check out our show notes for more information about this podcast, Got a Story Media, and our sponsor, Three Wells. You can find us at gotastory.com. That's G-O-T-T-A-S-T-O-R-Y dot com.